FM. Very good day to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala, Hazel Makuzene, and Garnet Gwinika are producing the show. Our contact details are 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm, or at Shadow Twala. Now, from courtrooms to cupcakes is Nikki Malherb's story. A headstrong lawyer who's always considered herself a career-driven woman and four children later, her expectations of adulthood, adulthood come crashing down. The Work on Fire program saw 32 women, felt and forest firefighters graduate this weekend. Komoza Mwahi tells us more about the program. We also talked to former parolee Busima Vundla, who's also a beneficiary of the program. But before all of that... Our lunch bite, and I thought it was appropriate to get a poem to a great mother by Kerry Conn. As I look upon my children, I wish that I will be as great a mother to my children as my mother was to me. She always knows what to say and what I need to hear. She always told me how it was, so simple and so clear. As mother and daughters do, we'd argue and we'd fight. But through the years, or through the tears and drama, I love her with all my might. She looked the same every day. I remember from when I was young, a few lines and wrinkles there, but still, my beautiful mom. She's always been so wise. She's always been so strong. She's always been so stubborn, and occasionally, she's wrong. My mom is sure not perfect, as I sure I'm not much too. But moms know you inside out and advise you as you grew. Now days have come and time has passed where mum is growing weak and we don't know the words to help and the right words to speak. For losing mums there is no book or instructions what to say. I hope I say the words right to help her on her way. For I love you mum, you're my world. I thank you with all my heart. I don't know why you have to go and why we have to part, but know you're loved and cherished and we're all here for you and know you're going to a place where people love you too. Otherwise, on SAFM. Nikki Malherber is uh, the author of From Courtrooms to Cupcakes, and the book was launched in July. Nikki, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Hi, thanks very much for having me on your show, Shadow. Nikki, what's the response been to the book, especially from your ex colleagues? Um, It's been quite tricky, Shadow. Actually, the whole process has been really interesting because I I wasn't really intending it to get out into the market. I sort of I wrote it really as as a catharsis, I suppose, and then uh, you know I I wanted it in sort of printed form and printed it out and um, and launched it to a group of women, actually, a sort of 150 women, and, and and realized that there was quite a market for the book. So. I then had a second launch at the book lounge, um, and of course, uh, colleagues are always interested to know whether they should be more mothering or more lawyering. Which is what uh, it's been interesting. We all battle with that, I, I think, especially um, when you grew up, you, you you had a very strong mother who was already the, the first female high court judge in Johannesburg, and I suppose that influenced you to go and study law. Is that the case? Absolutely, yes. I had no, uh, there was no other choice for me, really. It was just something I always planned to do. Yeah, exactly. P- planned to do because you wanted the, the profession that bad, or was it because your mother, you, there was no alternative? 
No, no, no. She certainly didn't force me, but she inspired me, I suppose, in, 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 in most of all. I mean, I felt like it was something that I wanted to do because I thought she looked so fantastic and it all looked so exciting. So it, I never really thought of anything else. Mm. And, uh, I, yeah, and I love the study of law. I, I've always loved the practice of law and, and the study of law. Absolutely. So when you have your first baby, what, what's going on in your life? You're working and you think I can manage this. I think you do just think you can manage it and you sort of just, you know, you go ahead. You imagine that you're going to, you know, you're going to have the baby and uh, four months maternity leave and then you're going to come back. And I think every every mum who's been through it will know that your priorities change substantially once you've, once you've had a baby. And, you know, your thought processes aren't quite the same. You are now not just thinking about your next opinion that you have to write. You've, you've got a baby to consider whether you are there or not. It's, it's still very much in your mind. So... I battled with that, actually. I found it quite tricky. I found it quite tricky. What were you battling with, though? Were you battling with, uh, were you, was it guilt that, you know, you're leaving your baby at home when you ought to be there for them? And what what, what broke your, your, your back then when you made the decision that you're going to be a full-time mom? Um, I think I think you've experienced, I, I'm, I'm a huge um, guilt uh, connector, with a word like that. I, I, I bear guilt all the time, whether you're working too much, whether you're contributing enough, whether you're home enough, whether you're lifting enough. Um, I think you, you feel guilt in all aspects. Really, if you're at work, you, you want to be at home, and if, if you're at home, you feel like you should be doing something more. I think that, for me, was my, my biggest uh, guilt. So in some ways, it was actually the opposite. I, I was quite happy to be at work with my first one. And then as, um, as I sort of produced more and more children, it became evident that I certainly couldn't fulfill a full-time role or that I didn't want to have a full-time role and um, and mothering became my priority so then I had to try and find a way of combining it with something that wasn't going to be a full-time career in law. And what discussions are you having with your husband at this point because you know it also affects the 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 family income does it not it also affects you know uh, just time amongst yourself and, and your husband and and the the rest of the children absolutely um and, and i think i was very privileged in that respect and i'm very aware of it is that a lot of moms don't have the choice and, I, and i'm extremely aware of that um although in some ways i think it almost makes it easier because they don't have to consider it that much whereas uh, fortunately I, I had the choice and um you know he was quite happy that i become a mom it was my own feelings of frustration with with motherhood that i think made me sort of embark upon the thought that i should be perhaps still in law you know it's plagued me for a long time that i really wanted to to be this practitioner this this, this lawyer that my mom was but uh, i found it increasingly difficult with with four children well you could have you could have hired very great nannies and continued working you can you can do that indeed and I had a very great nanny at home, looked after them a, a huge amount when, when I wasn't at home. But I don't know whether, you see, for me, and, and as I say, it's a very personal choice. And for me, to have a nanny looking after your children is not really the purpose of, of having a child. Mm. I feel that if you can have the choice, and if you are fortunate enough to have the choice, then, then one should try and, and make that commitment because your years with them are actually really short. And uh, I thought that, that they were a priority, especially because they were, you know, more than two. So 
not because any you know not not, not that numbers make a difference, but it mm. just it, it just becomes justifiable you know the more you have uh, more babies you have you know the more time you need to spend with them so absolutely you know a lot of people have the choice of having someone else look after them but i didn't have that myself and i think that was probably why i i made it my mission to 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 be, to be more of a mother which of course is a, is is a quite the controversial aspect in in the book But, but you also had to find out a lot about yourself as a mom because you couldn't use the same skills that you would use in a courtroom that you know no. at, at home uh, can you share no. some of the moments with us oh, well of course you know looking back on them you know you, it's only in hindsight that things that things are quite funny um at the time it's quite stressful because I, i'm not sure that i really was a sort of a natural mother you know i never yearned to have children i never changed nappies before i had my own children i, I never paired or looked after other people's children so i sort of just went headlong into motherhood and then you know, as i sort of once we sort of had two and then decided upon three and four well now you know everyone looked upon me as a, as a sort of mother Um, and I suppose it becomes easier and easier. And uh, but there are very frustrating moments, as all mothers can attest to. And indeed, your skills are not not nearly the same as being in a courtroom. There is no logic; it's all instinct. I like the story instinct. of you um, tiptoeing around the house looking for a coin <laughs> as for the tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there is a mother out there who has not had a similar story, and they all just so common. I mean, every time you talk to mums, they'll tell you the same thing. Oh, they forgot the tooth. They forgot the money, and often I would leave the tooth in with the money, and then they'd wonder why they hadn't taken the tooth. And oh my word, yeah. So that was a good place to start because uh, you can imagine there've been a few teeth around <laughs> with four children. And I'm still trying to keep up the map. I have to say, I've still said that there is a tooth fairy. If you put that tooth out, in fact, my my third daughter, uh, my my third child lost a tooth. I think only two, uh, last week. And I said to her, "Well, you have your have you put your your tooth in the slipper?" And she sort of looked at me and she said, "Oh, mum, you know, are you the fairy?" I said, "Do I look like a tooth fairy?" And she said, um, she sort of just grinned at me with that little face, you know, very sweet, eleven year old. Well, so I, I'm trying to extend it all. I, I wonder when we're going to get rid of this, the, these myths, because they make our lives difficult as mothers, you know, and we 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 find ourselves lying in a way. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it is all that white lies we have to tell. But I, I think it's all part of the children's imagination, and I think we must keep going with those, because the children are hit with so much horrible reality these days that I think they need those those little fairy stories to make them, you know. To make the world a rosy place. Mm, mm. I think I think it's important. Nikki, I wonder though. <laughs> I wonder um, what what you're depriving yourself because you, you you've put your career on the side. You you've become yeah. this mother, and thankfully you found a skill in writing. But you know it's it's not easy to 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 be fair and live a full life all by yourself so that you're good to the children because as a, as a mom you may end up hating your children because they've taken your life away in a way so, and how do you find that balance and and what well, did you have to do it's such a tricky one you know shadow i i think that look i think some moms feel more torn in perhaps you know some mothers make their decision and accept it gladly i think i to my decision quite a lot because part of me really wanted to wanted to, to carry on with law and so I feel now that I've probably found balance with the lecturing and the writing and the researching 
Um, it allows me that that flexibility, you know. So I hope I don't. I, I, I don't. Uh, I feel like I've sort of become that that whole person in a sense. Um, I'm not sure that I'm a great mum all the time. I do. I do seem to spend a lot of time charting, <laughs> as I'm sure mums do, Thank and getting stressed. Um, but I think that I, I think that you know I sort of have found the balance in a way. And of course, writing the book was a catharsis, but it is sort of um, put me on an entirely new sort of career path, which I found quite fun, really. And um, so, you know what? Children bring you all sorts of exciting challenges. And if you just embrace them and go along with them, you never know what, what's going to happen. And so I, that's been a good thing. I guess, though, um, and, and I assume this, that uh, it's, it's worked well for your marriage as well to your husband. So you, you can be a good wife and, uh, or rather, a good partner, because wife then puts you <laughs> at the bottom of yes, the run. Yeah, yes. you have to. You can be a good partner and 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 be a good mother, and and still have time for yourself. Yeah, I think it does. Um, well, you know what? I think that husbands, and this is a huge generalisation. I think husbands are probably more compromised than anyone in in a situation like mine, where I am fairly hard headed and um, probably quite. Um, you know, quite selfish with my time in a way, is that, you know, then the husbands need time too. And um, one maybe doesn't give them all the time, but I think just not having that career, you know, the full-time career probably gives me more time. I certainly see more more of my husband than I would just because, you know, I'm around more. I'm not, not in a courtroom. I'm not in a corporate office in town. So, you know, we actually make time for each other and we can meet for coffee and lunch or whatever, um, you know. So that's great. Absolutely. You know, that makes a big difference. Has the conversation changed since you left the courtroom in, you know, around the house? Things that you talk about at the dinner table or just what's in the news? Has Have you focused more on what the children are doing as opposed to worldly stuff? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think that that's one of the that's one of the fears uh, that my husband has of, of, of women who he calls, you know, or who he just refers to as housewives, is that he's got a lovely phrase. He says, use it or lose it. Mm. And, and I think that sometimes we do lose it when we, when we are not involved in, 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 in sort of macro issues and world issues. And I, I find myself sometimes completely out of touch with, you know, with, with, with business aspects, mainly because your, your life is really involved around trying to sort out children's schedules, which really does assume a lot of time and, and, and can be incredibly frustrating and, and, and mindless, actually, you know, so... Nikki, stay on the line for me, please, because I want us to talk mm. about being mom's taxi. After oh, this, we'll take that. a little break. Otherwise, on SAFM. My guest is Nikki Malherber, who's written the book From Courtrooms to Cupcakes, and we're talking about being a mom. Do you enjoy being mom's taxi? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> How do you um, deal with it? Because I think you need to be friends with a group of other moms who are doing the same thing and you all share the, I take it you share the, the, the responsibilities? Yeah, we try, we try. Unfortunately, we've, unfortunately, should I say, we, we, we've chosen to live in a, in, a, in, a, in a range which doesn't really serve the school that well. So we are find that are spending a lot of time, I think most, most moms probably try and get into a lift club and we certainly do where we can, but um, we are, you know, we quite specifically wanted our children to go to a, to a school which is not really in our area so I do spend a lot of time in the car and of course 
when you fetch children from school, they're not always in the best of moods. Mm. And even though you are pleased to see them, and in the way they're pleased to see you, conversations are not always very fruitful or exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but at least I'm there for them. And, um, yeah, I've, I've sort of made it a priority to try and be there as much as I can. Yeah. Okay, so when are we getting, um, is, are you relaunching the book, you said? Um, Shada, I'm, uh, it, it's been such an interesting process because I've published it, in fact, um, after going to publishers, uh, of which there are very few, really, and having had quite nice feedback, was sort of encouraged to just go it alone, really. So in trying to get the book into the bookshops has been an enormous task on its own. So I've, I've got a distributor now in Johannesburg, and it should be hopefully going into the bookshops as soon as possible. It was launched at the book lounge in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. So they stock the book. Um, but of course now there's, there's been more um, widespread um, appeal and um, I'm hoping that it's going to get into the Johannesburg bookshops as well. I'm literally waiting to hear from, from the distributor in, in Johannesburg. It's a fun cover. So, I, you know, I love the cover because it, it's playful yes. and all of that. Yes. So if, if people are listening and want to get hold of a copy and they're not in Cape Town, how, how should you, is there a website for you? Is there a, a way they can contact you? Yes, no, I'm on the web. I've got a web page. It's nikkimolherber.com or .co's, both of them. N-I-K-K-I, right? It's actually N-I-K-I. Is it N-I-K-I, okay. Yes, yes. And so it's nikkimolherber.com. And all the details will be there. I mean, I still, I obviously have some copies, but I'd like, I don't really want to be a bookseller all my life. So I'm hoping that it is going to get into the bookshops. Soon, and I think it will. It should do. Otherwise, um, this online, you know, it's going to get online at Kalahari as well soon. Um, although I think printed books are infinitely much nicer. Well, they are. So, sure. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm hoping that it will get into the bookshops, into exclusives and 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 uh, bargain books and CNA. But of course, that is another whole field of books and publishing that I've been exposed to, which is also been a huge learning curve and very fun and a and lot of fun actually well you, you're lucky you've got a legal background because you understand all those contracts and stuff for somebody <laughs> else it would have been so much more difficult but nikki one last yeah. word of advice to moms that are battling with the idea of whether to leave the corporate world and be full-time moms um what would you say oh such a difficult one Shada. it is such a personal a personal decision um, and I can only really speak for myself, but but I know, you know, I meet I meet new, meet new mums all the time. I happened to be sitting next to one the other day, and I don't know where, and she was talking to somebody and saying she's a lawyer and she's left and she's about to go back to work and she's not sure if she wants to do all this. And I think that really one's got to try, and if one can, I just feel that life is so short with your children, and if you can possibly try and put in as much time as possible. It really is to their benefit and yours, I think. You know, I, I read a lovely saying the other day, actually, on someone's Facebook, probably, that um, if you want to be in your children's memories tomorrow, you need to be in their lives today. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Which I thought was a, which is a, lovely, a really lovely saying and, and really true. You know, that, that's, that's, your, that's your chance to be with them because it goes so quickly. I mean, it feels like the other day that I was, you know, sitting in a rocking chair where the book starts. 
when my <laughs> son was three months old and he's now nearly 17. It's just, it's crazy. It's like yesterday. The, so the, that's my advice. The biggest challenge though is, is that again, power games around money because money is the only deciding factor of whether you stay at home with your children or, or go back to work. Um, and, oh, and, and, of and, course. And, mm-hmm. Of course, and I can tell you quite honestly that money is the driving factor. It doesn't matter how little or how much you have. You you always feel compelled to contribute in some way or another. And, of course, that's the whole feminist you know, debate coming along, is that I think in order to feel worthwhile, well, certainly for me, it, it is a financial contribution that, 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 that is hugely important, and that's why I sort of wanted to keep going, even in a... In a reduced capacity, it mm. is enormously important for me to, to, to contribute. So that's why I, I, I always say if you can find the ideal, which is to be flexible and earn a little bit, you know, somehow to contribute and, and, and help financially, I think you feel a, a sense of worth. Yeah, because you, and, don't, um, you don't want to go to your husband and ask him if you can buy those beautiful shoes, do you? Yeah. No, and you don't want him, you know, you don't want it him to, you know, you don't want it to be his birthday and for him to be buying his own present. I think that's absolutely oh, yes. awful. Oh, yes. I really think that's awful. So, no, I think that, you know, that, that of course, is the, is the big conflict factor about, you know, keeping your relationship on a good level is because you always, you know, I felt that I needed to contribute. I felt that it was important for me. And, of course, it wasn't always able to contribute as much as I wanted to. Well, Nikki. So, yeah, Really, I take my hat off for you, and and it looks like you are getting busy. You are bringing some bacon home as well and still looking after the children. That's such a great position to be in, and thank you so much for your book. Thank you for so much for being on your show, Shad. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Brought up some nice issues, so that's been fabulous. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. The book is called From Courtrooms to Cupcakes. Is, uh, and it's written by Nikki Malherby. And, of course, she is on uh, online, uh, com. When we come back, we find out more about the Working on Fire program, which saw 32 women, felt, and forest firefighters graduate this weekend. And we talked to Komozo Mwachi. But it is time for news headlines with Utsile Sako. Thanks, Shadow. In the headlines at 1.30, the ANC says the party is facing challenges ranging from corruption to reduced credibility in the eyes of many voters. Senior ANC NEC member Jeff Khadebe, who is also the party's policy chief, says the ANC will have to reinvent itself during its National General Council meeting in June next year. The presidency has denied a report that President Jacob Zuma has appointed an interministerial task team to probe Police Commissioner Ria Piecha's conduct. And at least eight people have died in an earthquake in southern Peru. The 4.9 magnitude quake hit the Cusco region. Details at 2 o'clock. Otherwise, on SAFM. The Department of Environmental Affairs working on fire female crew leader training corps uh, saw graduates this weekend. And uh, in fact, there were 32 women felt and forest firefighters and i thought it was so interesting also using the program uh to to help um 
to, to help parolees or re- rehabilitate offenders. And here to talk to us more about it, Khumbuza Mwaki, who is the working on Fire Gauteng Ground Operations Manager. What does that mean, Khumbuza? Welcome. Uh, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate Ground Operations Manager. What do, what do you do? Uh, basically, uh, I'm dealing with the, the team uh, mm-hmm. on the ground, mm-hmm. uh, Fire and Forest Firefighter, uh, all the discipline. Mm-hmm the training as well okay this sounds like a very interesting program uh you had 32 ladies graduate um and i i want to know because uh, the program has been running since 2003 how did it start okay the, the program started 2003 uh and i was happy at that uh, 2003 the second team was in my team the first team was uh now short the second team, I still remember, it was my team, Madiba Hotshot in Kharaskop, and I, won, I was one of those, the first team that uh, uh, recruited 2003, 6th of July. Okay, you, you, were part of the, you were part of the team, or were you leading the team? I was part of the team as a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So I see the base manager, Sakif and Merva, he always empowering women. Ah. Then I, pr- I prove myself. Even though he was telling us uh, 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 what you call this, uh, the future, the bright future of the woman, we didn't believe it. <laughs> but as time goes on, hey, I'm telling you, uh, we've got good story to tell. Well, I'm, I, I hear that you've got a good story to tell. And I want to know your journey. When you started, what were your fears about fire and firefighting? And h- how has it changed your life? Okay, when I start this working on fire, uh, the fire, everybody knows that fire is a very dangerous job. And it wasn't easy for me, but for working on fire, take through us uh, uh, training, I find it easy for me. It took us all the, the practical, we, we're doing uh, training camps where we, we run through through the fire, and I find it very easy because when I grown up, I, I basically I, want, I wanted to become a soldier to oh. save the country. Oh, you! It, it seems like you're a tough one, huh? You so far. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to be a soldier to save the country? Yeah, to save the country, man. Eh? That was my passion. But the country, anyway, the country is not in trouble. It doesn't need saving. No, it is. It is, <laughs> and, and and I believe this was was my opportunity also because I'm saving the life as one well of the people. Mm, mm. So you had, uh, uh, I, and you know, I know that you rehabilitate offenders as well. We're going to be talking to Busisiwe in a few minutes. But how, how does the program work? Just take us through the program. For the Parulis one? No, 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 no. Take us through the whole program because apparently you also deal with psychological and emotional challenges uh, of, being, of being crew leaders. So there's a leadership uh, uh, aspect of it. Yes, yes, I am. So, so just uh, just take us through the program. What do you do with them from day one? Okay. Uh, basically, uh, let me start with this uh, to, to, to give the, cred- the credit to, to the government, uh, specific to DEA and Department of, uh, 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 Department of, uh, what's called, sorry. Environmental. Yeah, Department of Environmental Affairs mm. to take this project serious. Mm. So uh, when I start this uh, parole, I started with 2.4 with them, making them to run fitness tests. They passed, then they came to the program. 
the moment that they're in the program, then I see potential from other other uh, parolees. Then we take them to crew leaders. We've got some that are uh, stock controllers, some are crew leaders at the stage while while we're talking. And I I think they're still going so far from now. This is not the end of of, of the world. I think they need to go more, even to become one of the ground operation managers as well. Okay, but what sort of potential is it that you see that you look for? From 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 parolees right in the working on fire, the people, the working on fire team, they welcome the people with the warm regards. And the people, they feel like they've got another chance. And this is a chance that they don't want to miss it. The moment they come to the to program, we, we, we give them uh, induction as well to show them that this is the chance. Even though you've done something wrong, don't, please don't let yourself down. Have mm. your confidence and you'll go far in life. Komoto, do they go through the same training as men? Yes, yes, we do. There's no special. I see. So There's no you, you, and then you place them in different positions. I place them. I place them in different teams before. Then when they come, they become successful. Then I place them in different uh, uh, department as well. Okay. So how does one get to apply to be part of this uh, working on fire uh, training course? Okay. Basically, what we do from the community, we've got the the phone number. They phone the office in Gauteng, they refer them to me, I refer them to Kruli, to regional managers. In the community we tell them that we'll place the post if we need people. And sometimes also the people they mustn't be afraid to go to the nearest base just to check, guys, when are you, are you taking the post out? Some people they leave their phone as well, then we phone them again. Where is the base? What base are they looking for? Uh, we've got base at Kruger's Zop. What's we've it called? What's it called? Uh, Krugersdorf base. Of working on fire, Krugersdorf base? Yes. Okay, okay. But otherwise they can go to the Department of Environmental Affairs, right? And they can give them directions. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, I'm glad you didn't become a soldier because you're doing a great job here, Kumoso. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for talking to us. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's Khumuza Mwahi, who is a working on fire female crew leader, uh, ground operations manager. And they've just seen 32 uh, graduates uh, who are going to be part of the felt and forest firefighters and uh, specifically women. But one former parolee uh, who's now employed in, in working on fire as assistant stock controller is in Nelspreit, Busi Siyoma Vundla. Hello, Busi. Hello, Memoyo. I'm fine, thank you. And you? I'm fine. How long have you been, um, how long have you been assistant stock controller in Nelspreit? Since 2011. Since 2011? Yes. And you had, um, how long was your training? Mm, the training I have due on 2010, the time I started to work and joined to working on fire. Ah, I see. And then 2011, I have already, I have already moved to mm. assistance stock control until now. I see. Now you, you, you were a, 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 a parolee, right? Yes. What were you in for? Actually, I came from correctional service, mm-hmm. 
and then I started to work at working on fire 2010 until now. What were you doing at Correctional Service? I have beat the lady, the lady, the lady, she stole my phone. Somebody stole your phone, you beat her up? Yes, and then the police catch me, 2009. And how long were you behind bars for? One year. And five years suspended, not hitting anyone. No hitting anyone, I'm, I'm, and you haven't hit anyone since? Yes, now I have already finished all of them. Oh, all the suspended years, the five years? Yes. Okay. Please don't go away. I, I need to talk to you ab- about about your rehabilitation, okay? So please okay. stay on the line for me while we take a break. SAFM brings you live, interactive, topical news from current affairs, global warming debates, women's issues, to interviews with top literary connoisseurs. To join our conversations, visit our website on safm.co.za. Follow us on Twitter at SAFM Radio or simply like our Facebook page, SAFM Radio. SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The Portfolio Committee on Health invites interested parties to make submissions on the Medicines and Related Substances Amendment Bill. The bill intends to amend the Medicines and Related Substances Act to, amongst others, provide for objectives, functions and composition of the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority. Written submissions and requests for oral presentations must be addressed to Vuyogazi Majalamba, on email vmajalamba at parliament.gov.za or call her on 083-709-8522. That's 083-709-8522. The closing date is the 3rd of October 2014 at 12 noon. And a copy of the bill is available on www.parliament.gov.za. For more information, follow Parliament of RSA on Facebook and Twitter. Sililo Silota is mine the spotlight guest. I just want to applaud you for the enthusiasm that you have in our cultural music and the fusion of the cultural music with the modern church. The reason that I'm succeeding and people and being relevant all the time is because even if you don't understand my music, you will feel that you are resonating. Something is resonating with your soul from within the music. Join me, Ashraf Garda, on our afternoon talk. Otherwise, on SAFM. Sima Vundla is my guest, former Parolina, employed in WOF as Assistant Stock Controller in Nailspray. What do you think they taught you that made you not want to commit a crime again? Sorry, okay. So how how did how did your 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 training help you understand that you should not beat people up again? <sighs> what did they do actually, for you? How did they explain it? Actually, waking on fire, mm. it will change my life mm. and give me the experience and the physical fitness mm. and respect. Until now, and does, because I have, mm-hmm. because I, because I am a breadwinner. It's my home. Mm-hmm. Now I have built 
my home. I have a certificate, uh, at computer and a certificate, stock control and stock kitchen. Mm. Yes. Do you, do you share this information with your family and your community? Do you tell them, do you encourage other people to, 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 to join the, 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 the training? Yes. Yes, I will do. I will, I will do because if you are, you are, you are coming from the prisoner, mm. it's not the end of the world. Mm. You will survive if, if you are outside. Waking on fire, you say, uh, is a, is a elevation mm. of poverty mm. and creating a job and change lives of the people. Mm. Yeah, I am the one, the example. Waking on fire, it will change my life. And I'm happy that it, you, you sound like it has changed your life already. But Busisiwa, do you go back to, to, um, correctional services and talk to other ladies about, about rehabilitation? I will go if I have a chance. Okay, but you, you, no one has asked you to, to come in and talk to the girls? No. Okay. Maybe you should ask somebody so you can save some of your, of of your former uh, inmates that were with yeah. you, you know, you you can share your story so that they they feel positive about coming back into society. Why? Hmm. But I'm sorry. Why they feel positive? No, no. I'm saying they they will feel positive if you go and talk to them. No, I'm happy because my life was changed now. Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Busisiwe, thank you so much. Just keep keep working and keep working for your family because, as you say, you are the breadwinner and they depend on you. So we congratulate you. Well done. Yes. And, 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 and reach for the sky. Be good, huh? Yes. Thank you so much, Busisiwe. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Bye-bye. Busisiwe Mavundla, who is the former parolee, now employed in the working on fire uh, stock controller in Nelspreet. Well, you know, little things like this really make a huge difference. And I don't think Busisiwa is going to look back at her life after this because she can only look forward to improve her, her herself and her family great program and you you i think the program is on yeah the environmental the department of environmental affairs you can go and look at the program and see what else they do and where they work uh, but we just spoke to two people who have benefited greatly and they teach them about leadership as well and um you know it's, it's also plays a part in rehabilitating offenders